0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network the whistleblowers is back for the season by lab brooks And this is true we love
1: to do the things we're not supposed to do. we don't need robbing, stealing or this is the whistleblowers and I'm Martin gritting back on the beat uh, and taking a deep dive into December with Lloyd Griffith my friend uh, uh, and a previous whistleblower um host of soccer am comedian and are you on tour at the minute or I am
2: actually on tour, yes thank yep. you nice smooth little link there
1: Martin thanks very much it's a little bit clunky but um and uh, Griffith. LloydGriffith.com of Um and moving on to uh, PR guru at Betway and also a whistleblower regular Arsenal fan Alan Algar good to be here yeah great to have you here and obviously we've, we've, we've all been on podcasts before because you two had a, a mutual love of the football league or should oh, we yeah. say the non-league when uh, Grimsby and Alan was uh, looking after Blue Square
2: one say we were in love during that time well it was
1: certainly me. something it was a kind of a love-in
2: <laughs> on, on Twitter because there was plenty of friction but th- uh, yeah it, it was that thing ago, and obviously you look after a lot of the conference or you yeah. used to yeah after, I did Yeah, for day.
3: seven years Yeah,
2: and yeah. you still have uh, a penchant for it I think it's fair to say isn't I it? do um, and at the time um, a lot of Grimsby fans were Climbing all over you Because you were saying Oh Grims We aren't going to go up And basically just giving us the facts And no one wants to hear The Very facts. pragmatic Honest yeah. facts Yeah And yeah. then last year The truth Lincoln fans absolutely Hated you didn't but they
3: The funniest thing that, that I've seen in the last six, seven months is the fact that Grimsby fans are coming out to defend me against yeah. Lincoln fans. It's like they've all become friends of mine to uh to unify uh, at you. Well no, no 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 they're, they're backing rims. me up. Oh, so Grimsby yeah. fans have won them me up. over yeah I've won them I mean, over by actually it's... the podcast that I went on with you guys, you know, helped a long way. Um, better
1: PR that was a nice yeah. bit of PR. Yeah. How did it help? I
3: think it did, oh, yeah, I, I think it did. I, did. I mean I had the chance to apologise to Lloyd for sending him what can be the only tweet that Someone who's got comedian in their bio can get back, he said, You're not funny. And oh. I hold my hands up, it was the most ridiculous tweet I've ever sent Well, him, yeah, know. but uh, I've, I've seen him since, and obviously he is, and he's also a
2: good. of it. So and it's hard, and it's hard to, to explain. Speak. Who is who? Before who, we who, who are the team this year that are um, all over you? Uh, Dover. Dover. Um, oh. I mean,
3: look, do you know the weirdest thing is that if you write 10 things about a team. And nine are complimentary, and one is slightly questioning them. It's the the one that will always get the retweets and and everything else around it. But to to be fair, I've held my hands up. I tipped them to go down. They lost Ricky Miller, um, top goal scorer. He went to Peterborough. Well. He won't be for long if he keeps behaving the way yeah. he does. But I think he was banned
1: um, for seven games for baiting someone. Yeah, when and then he's, he's had
3: uh, something off the pitch that's not gone too well for him. So I think they're looking to cancel his contract. Juicy. But anyway, look, you're going to remove 40-odd goals from a, a conference team that usually struggle without his input. I thought they'd struggle, but their manager's done a fantastic job. If anything, they're playing better than when um, he was there. I tip them to go down. I'm like, okay, I won't get everything right uh, they've had a little bit of a wobble lately but I've got no tweets back during the wobble to say oh you might have been right you might have been wrong they only seize on you every time they have a win well, or something uh, like well, that Well let's
1: so, try and create a whole new network of people to hate or love you uh, from this podcast Alan because <laughs> I think uh, um, uh, first of all we need a nod to us to Labrix. so uh, we have an offer on at the moment so sign up and deposit up to £50 and Labrix will put the same amount into your account giving up to £50 worth of free bets and you can get more of that at the Whistle net. um so yeah let's look at the the premier league because it was a pretty uh, festive flurry of football this weekend we had goals uh, uh, everywhere i mean the best place to start I and mean, i'd say perhaps the involvement of man city and west ham because the appointment of you know mr moyes going in there perhaps not not taking everyone's boxes but uh how is that that performance received at uh, man city because it was kind of unfortunate in the end wasn't
3: it yeah um I mean, obviously, we, we sponsor West Ham, so I probably watch them more than I do my own team, Arsenal, at yeah. the moment. And um, the, the performance at Everton in midweek was, was shocking. Um, there's, there's no other word for oh, it. And full, I think, it. And I think right. even David Moyes said that. And, and sometimes you'll put a bit of a PR spin on a result or a defeat and say that maybe the performance was there or pick out tiny good bits from the from the game, but I don't think he had anything to latch onto there. So he had to hit the, the players hard in his post-match comments. And after that, obviously he said that they were working hard on the training ground. I think that's a very easy thing for a manager to do. But yeah, I think yeah. he did see the fruits of that yesterday. Although the thing is, what a fixture to have to go and play. Uh, mm. I mean, some people were saying it was a bit of a freebie because everyone was expecting them to yeah. lose 4 or 5 nil. Uh, and the fact is they've gone and lost 2-1. But if you if you stretch the results out, they're on such a bad run of form at the moment. They've got some yeah, really difficult yeah. fixtures coming up. you have got Chelsea some,
2: on Saturday. Chelsea, Chelsea and, on Saturday, and yeah. And who's the other uh, one? Arsenal. Arsenal,
3: Arsenal oh, yeah, so yeah.
1: Chelsea so, and Arsenal back-to-back. Back, that's a horrible situation. But the thing is,
3: as, as a West Ham fan said to me today, mm-hmm. everyone expected us to go and lose 5-0 there yesterday. Mm-hmm. We went and lost 2-1. But the points you get from both of those results is zero. So there's no real difference in the end, unless it's something that Moyes can do to galvanise the squad and say, "Have a bit of belief in yourself. You might get something out of Chelsea at the weekend. They have, you know, wobbled on occasions this season. If he goes there with a game plan, but they they're going to need wins. That's the problem. Yeah, because of the, where they are. And I think if they have to start attacking teams like Chelsea and Arsenal, that
2: could become a problem. Listen, yeah, listen, like... on, 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 on on that, you just don't see at the moment where. Those wins are going to come from Let alone even The goals You know It's It's worrying Because when you They're going to have to look To the transfer window In January And And buy big They're going to Because they've got No one that is is going to save them I, I absolutely adore Andy Carroll I think he's a He's a great footballer But he's you know, he's he's not gonna put the win. I mean, Hernandez was like the big thing, you know. Yeah, but but, but no, I, mean, not strictly, I mean they've got like
1: listen, Lanzini uh Arnajovic has done absolutely nout which <laughs> literally since
2: being there. He's been brutal, hasn't he? In I all. thought we he I thought
3: he had a good game on, on, against, against Leicester. He had a good game, maybe two well, weeks ago. But that's bad, though, yet. isn't it?
2: When you're singling out a game that he had, like, you're going, oh, two weeks ago, he had a, he had a decent game." When when, when he was trying for Stoke, he yeah. was outstanding. Him and yeah. Shaqiri, like the Lincoln up play, and there were there were. But but oh, just having just having that sort of impact, it looked like he
1: was floundering. I mean, you know, I know we're going to come on to Big Sam's Everton in a minute, and the way he's kind of got more out of the players by rejigging it around and giving them more belief. Maybe some of the West Ham players just need that belief because Lanzini certainly has it in him to be you know you maybe oh, not yeah. maybe not piet levels of influence but certainly kind of up there in terms of uh, producing
2: you know on pitch effort
1: him, him and
2: Antonio do you know what I mean you've got examples of, of people that can Antonio's do well Antonio's
1: effort isn't he I mean you've seen him up yeah. close Antonio you get that from his effort but you need you need the supply line and you need I a bit it, of quality don't it, you
3: I thought it was a reasonably clever tactic yesterday to play Antonio up front I mean he is versatile I mean yeah. I mean if you if you Cast Your Minds Back, the, the, the f- first game of last season, they played Chelsea away. He was a right back and yeah. obviously he got completely slaughtered by the Betway Twitter account, actually. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that caused us a few problems. But, um, uh, and then he went on to be Hammer of the Year last year. Now, he is one of the better players, but... The stats that came out from the early games this season under Billich were that um, West Ham players just weren't running enough and making enough effort during games. They came out lowest on sprints and runs and things like that. And people will say, well, uh, if you isolate statistics like that and put them against results, you can always find the argument that you're looking for. But... uh, they do need to up their their work rate, according to Moyes. And whether or not he's got the players that he thinks can fit into the system that he likes or the things that he likes to do, I'm not so sure. But th- the squad is a better squad than maybe four or five other teams in the division. Yeah, so absolutely. they shouldn't be looking at it as if they're going down.
1: We're looking at, this is the thing as well, so switching it over to Man City, the fact that going there and trying to stop a team beat you is one thing trying to go and win games is another but the way Man City managed to win that game with that obstruction basically the way that West Ham lined up against them particularly as the game developed yeah. you know, West Ham showed another,
2: another oh, sorry Man City showed another uh, kind of side to their attacking game well that that's the thing with Man City you, and especially with Pep at the helm you just know that if things aren't going their way you know they can chop it and change it they've got the team Yet yeah, they've got the squad to be able to do that and I don't know what substitutions he made but obviously even if it was just like the formation or the way they, you know he told yeah, them he at half time on, like, I
1: think you're right he brought, he brought Jesus on I thought, he brought I, Jesus yeah. and,
2: and, and played and he said maybe we have to play two up front after the game yeah and it's that thing of going, that you know they've got the ability to be able to to, to do that And they've got someone at the helm who is a bit more of a philosopher than David Moyes. I
3: I found it quite funny yesterday. Um, I I thought two things from from watching the little excerpts of Guardiola on, on the touchline. The first one was the fact that people probably won't remember this or won't sort of vision this, but when Jose Mourinho first... Came to the UK and started managing Chelsea. Um, despite all Chelsea's riches and the fact that Bramovich was in charge, and the fact that he replaced Ranieri and everyone loved Ranieri, he was actually quite well thought of in the media, and, mm. and people did like him, and he was quite oh, popular, especially yeah. from the when Porto beat Man U and he ran down yeah, the touchline. No, it was, it but then was he started with his little touchline antics and a little bit of OTT behaviour, and people suddenly turned round to the Mourinho that everyone feels about today, and the, and the way yeah. people really dislike him unless you're uh, unless you've got him in on your team
2: Yeah,
3: and I thought Guardiola has, he's just started doing that with the Redmond thing uh, with Southampton there is and the way he micromanages during a game I mean yeah. he <laughs> exerts almost more energy than than um, than the players <laughs> and the one of the, the, the weirdest things that I, I looked at yesterday was the fact that um, I coach an under 13s football team we're not particularly good although we've turned the corner in terms of results recently but I do have to micromanage everything they do as in like when they get the ball on the pitch and do something wrong I'm immediately telling them what they should be doing or if they get into a bit of space I'm telling them where they should be passing the ball it might not be the right way to coach kids but I think he's doing that with the the most richly assembled squad of actual professionals you've ever seen and he's micromanaging every single second of the
1: game he did this so if you watched when he went to Bayern and everyone was the same everyone's looking at him and it's like everyone feels it's the same as Mourinho uh, or even when Arson went to Arsenal first it's everyone has to have this glowing reception of them if they're producing performances mm-hmm. so he we went to Bayern and he was doing these coaching sessions and I was looking at some of the resistance from some of the you know some of the respected and um, experienced Bayern Munich players <laughs> they were just looking like all right mate just, yeah, chill, just chill out a bit yeah, yeah no, funnily think- enough we're, we do, we've done all right up but I, to think, this I point. think that is the
2: curse of a, a manager that sometimes gets involved a little bit too much and I've I've been spoken to a few players in the past, where <laughs> one of the reasons why uh, it didn't work at, at Crystal Palace for De Boer was that he was just getting involved the whole time, and they're like, yeah. no, we, we, we get it, mate, just no, leave it to us. And yeah, you yeah. know, Jimmy Bullard talks the whole time about how when he, Roy Hodgson is in charge, he'd just be on the ball, you know, and to a point where people like Paul Konchesky would be like, right, I'm off, see you later. I've been used for like 45 minutes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. but whatever. I mean, regardless of what has happened. It's, it's very much a case of this is a team that will clearly win the league because they can turn results around like that. You know, it's not the first time they've done it this season. But, but it's not
1: unassailable. I mean, that, this is the other thing as well. So United, well, I thought, well let's move straight on to United because the fact that they and then the position, I know that both of you attended uh, the Arsenal-United game and I know that we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that game, but just in terms of the gaps between the teams, it doesn't take much... To kind of unsettle that, I know Pogba was perhaps out of order saying mm. once he players injured, I don't think he meant it in that way. Yeah, I think he said it in it that way. It didn't help way, his cause
2: even he then stamped on a yeah, Arsenal which yeah. was you know, do you know ridiculous. what? I, d- I thought
3: it was an accidental sending off, as in he didn't mean to do it, but what he did do was worthy of a sending off. Yeah. Right,
2: the way I, th- I think he could have helped himself by getting out of the way, I think, or whatever, you Possibly, know, yeah. Just, yeah. You know it was just it was he could have. You, yeah, I think he could have helped himself it, I don't think he yeah. was completely deliverable No I know right. that has been mulled over But he, was, he ran the shop on on Saturday Yeah He totally. absolutely ran it and I think this is everyone, everyone's talking about is Man City have gone look yeah we've got three points but Man United have done us a favour and they've, they've got their best player on the pitch sent off and the mm. derby on, on Sunday is going to be
3: playing to their hands It's really interesting because they go, the, go to Old Trafford at the shortest price they've ever been um, really? Yeah, that's interesting. That's the shortest price they've ever been for an away derby. Okay. So wow. the, all of the bookmakers have got a rating system which they use, which is based on a lot of things. But at the moment, the the new trend seems, seems to be the expected goals and, and creating chances in matches, which is an, an old method that's been used, you know, about 20 years by some of the sort of respected right? professional gamblers in the game. It's slowly coming around to the odds compilation side now, which means that... The last two matches, they've actually broke records for the shortest price for a home team, which was yesterday against West Ham. And they were the shortest price ever for an away team the previous week when they played away at Huddersfield. So it means their rating is so high, they're actually going to Manchester United as strong favourites for a game that most punters would be looking at saying, you know, this is tough, this is a derby. Uh, strange things happen in derbies You're and, and get how much does that
1: impact Alan I mean uh, how much does the, the, the derby factor and all that impact upon that rate because the rate is the rating superseding even
3: it will because people have got so much faith in it because okay. you know as I say professional games have been using it for years they've made so much money and the, the bookmakers are, uh, are slowly coming around to that way of compilation before compilation was pretty simple what's the percentage chance of Manchester City winning at Man U well we'll look down the stats down the years how many way games did they win how many away games did they win against this section of the table? It was quite primitive compared yeah. to the way that the, the prices are compiled now. But what I would say is it could go too far the other way and, and this expected goals thing, I've got a little theory on it from the from the Manu Arsenal game. Um, but I think City are so highly rated at the moment, I think punters will get stuck into Manu before the game. Because what will happen is in Asia, they like to back Man U, and they like like to back Liverpool in these games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, City haven't really come across there as a big team because mm-hmm. historically, the fans over in Asia, where most of the market, most most of the betting market will take place, they're fans of Manchester United. They're yeah. fans of Liverpool. When they see that Manchester United are over two to one for a home because game against Manchester massively. City, yeah. they will lump on. Yeah. And I can see that there being a massive disparity between all of the people thinking that Very eleven to ten City is the right price. Saying, I can't believe United are bigger yeah, than two yeah, to yeah. one. That's really interesting. So um, this weekend is, is is quite a milestone yeah, in, well, in odds it'll, compilation.
2: it will be well, an interesting game to watch, I think, as well, because it's you, you've got two, you know, you got those two who have obviously a bit of a history, um, you know. Well, can, give us a your synopsis of the United because United, uh, at
1: yeah. Arsenal, at, that, there was a
2: free flowing nature about their attacking. We'll get onto Arsenal's defence. I can give you a op- synopsis of the first half. Absolutely insane, um, and then the second half gets a bit blurry. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you're I on a jolly I up, absolutely Floyd. prawn sandwich. The right oh, oh, is there oh, any mate. other way to do it? Yeah, no, like, Arsenal, no. I mean I don't want to sit in the library. <laughs> I mean I'll I'll be in the restaurant, please. <laughs> um, it 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 was. I had a I had a little um, bit of money on. Uh, I'm fully aware this is turned into a bit of a, a, a betting podcast, and yeah. but I had um, on uh, on an app. I had a bit of a, a bit a bit of um, a collateral on a goal being scored in the first five minutes, wow. and uh, it, it came through. So already I was over the moon. I was like, "This is yeah. great!" You know, what I mean, someone scored in the first five, and you kind of thought, "Oh, this is going to be an absolute thumping. United are going to really because." <clears throat> Again, this old expected goals and, and the chances that Arsenal had, you know, they did have. But Man United never seemed to panic. Man United, there was, yeah. there was, the, you know, apart from at the very end, when they went down to 10 men, and it was very much a, right, let's park the bus and put like yeah. four or five um, clamps on it. But those uh, Arsenal
1: chances were, it was wide open. It just felt like a,
2: if one of them had gone in, it would have pulled the pin a little well, bit. But when, when Arsenal pulled one back, you kind of thought, this is... This is it, did you know. Yeah. Again, not to talk about betting too much, but I then put money on Arsenal to win, but also Man United to score the next goal, um, and I was over the moon that, that, that <laughs> happened. Um, but it, <laughs> you, you don't you,
3: know about you, the logic there, but you've, you've yeah.
2: So I, I ended up. I think I ended up. I can't really remember. I guess I say it was all a bit of a haste But Man United, are, I think, indebted to Paul Pogba for essentially running that game until he got sent off, and to uh, David De Gea, who had uh, one of the mm. game of his games of his life. You know what yeah, I mean, yeah, phenomenal.
1: I did. Uh, I, what would you uh, would I, will we go straight to the defence Alan and, and just say the outrageous passes for the first two goals were put, like ridiculous pointless robbery and just I mean that is not a back four that will win you the league if they make those sort of decisions
3: well it's the thing is it's, it's, it's a back three that's been implemented because three, Ar- Arsene Wenger suddenly woke up to the idea somewhere in about late February last year that everyone else is playing with a back three but he didn't actually buy the players or look at a <laughs> squad to actually say, well, if we're going to play a back three, we probably need three centre-backs that can play that back three. Yeah. He just looked at his squad and went, I mean, Monreal is not a centre-back. No, I he is it, And then you've got Kalasanash who's an absolute tank, out wide defending. Too, so yeah, he, he's, he's coming wide. back as a five when we've not got possession. And he's not actually A very good defender But all the Arsenal fans Because he looks like a tank Have taken him to heart Because he scored a couple of goals But probably cost us five At the other end So these These sort of uh, And
1: they just looked A bit carried away Like you know Like you say They um, are carried away that's They the just problem. get giddy They just kind of yeah. There's no discipline They do There's just this kind of like Let's see if I've seen we, three centre-halves This is how they play This is how I'm going to play No That's we, not how you should play Exactly We'd certainly but, not It's Man United
3: But and again, you know, this, don't want this to turn into the Arsenal podcast, but this all stems from the manager. It, it, mm. it totally does. You can't tell me any different. We beat Huddersfield 5-0 in midweek. The three guys have gone back into the dressing room. They hang, they, they hung their shirts back up on um, the hangers and they're all next to each other on on the um, in yep. the locker room. Um, and they've taken a picture of it and, and sent tweets and Instagram mm. and stuff saying none shall pass and all that. Oh, yeah, God. great. Well, you did that against Huddersfield. The first eight minutes of the next game, <laughs> they can see two goals yeah. because they get this inflated sense. So no... no to, but two, if you're
2: goals, a, two goals as well that were completely there fault Oh, oh totally. That's, yeah, they're, they're That's exactly what I'm into. saying, Lloyd. No, no, no. That
3: is what I'm saying, Lloyd. No... But, and, and again, I mean, I, I, I come on the Arsenal podcast and say I quite like Jose Mourinho despite what yeah, I said yeah. earlier. Because I'd take him over Arsene Wenger any day, and the reason is, um, the the under-13s team I mentioned earlier, my son's the goalkeeper for it, he really loves De Gea, so he said, can we go in the ground early, because I want to go behind the goal and watch De Gea warming up. Oh, lovely. Okay, fine. So as he was doing that, I noticed that uh, the United coaches had Lukaku on the edge of the area in the D, and they were blasting balls at his feet, like quite hard from yeah. about 10-20 yards and he had his back to the goal and he was laying it off to Marshall and Lingard either side. Yeah, yeah. I think all three goals were exactly that. And yeah. they've obviously scouted Arsenal well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I sent a tweet and it was quite flippant but I, I sent a tweet during the game saying Jose Mourinho's done a job here. Arsene Wenger probably barely knows the names of the United subs. Yeah. But what I meant by that is Arsene, uh, Arsene Wenger wouldn't have, looked at, uh, wouldn't have looked at United at all. He'd have sent out the, the team the way that he thought... Uh, he should and he's picked what most Arsenal fans would have picked as the first team yep. that day Jose Mourinho would have looked at Arsenal videos he looked at the weakness between the, the back three he'd looked at their weakness in passing back to yep. Petr Cech most of the time if it's against Huddersfield you're not going to get a striker that's running yeah, between yeah, the yeah, two yeah, yeah. they'd yeah. scouted us properly they scored two goals now everyone's slating Ian Wright and Alan Shearer and all the pundits for saying, you haven't given Arsenal credit for having 33 chances. The only reason Arsenal had 33 chances is they had to have 33 chances because they went 2 0 down yeah. in the first eight minutes of the game. They had to attack like madmen. They had to have five expected goals in the game. Yeah, they yeah. couldn't finish them. And that, is that, is that, that, that's the story of the yeah. game. So no, you can't, well, you can't just, tell just, it any other way. Just,
2: just on that and the, and the kind of like the formation, how Man United set up. When the team sheets came through, we looked. You look at the Arsenal team and you went, "Oh, I, I know where that. Yeah, I know where that is." Mm. And you look at the Man United one, and you, there was a little bit. All oh, right, where, all right, where's where's to play then? Well, yeah, well, you know, you kind of think, "Well, where's Ashley Young playing then?" If he's got, oh, Lindelof. Okay, so, so you, you almost have to look at it and go, "Oh, right." And you kind of think, "Would Arsenal have been doing the same thing?" Going, well, "Oh, crikey!" I mean, what. What what are they playing? And did yeah. it throw them? And then in the first eight minutes, go right. Well, we haven't we haven't done our research. We haven't set up properly, and but we're the now we're now two. But the down. way
3: uh, the first goal, and and, and I noticed it because I was in the upper tier behind the the goal where United scored their first two the way all of our defenders ran towards the ball uh, for that first goal Oh, the there's there's a picture that someone actually sent from the upper tier where they've all run towards the ball quite unbelievable I I mean it's inexcusable in schoolboy football let's
1: not get dragged into I I, I bring back that point you make Alan uh, uh, Gattuso made a a really interesting comment slagging off Milan players saying going I see players now. After a game, they go in. They lose a the game. I goes. I used to. I used to beat myself up about it. it used to be yeah. distraught. And now they go and take a selfie and then put it on the internet. Mm. And he was utterly disgusting. Yeah, there. That's great. so um, yeah. Listen, we're going to take a break now, and after that, we'll come back with the rest of the action.
0: The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labrooks.
1: Okay, welcome back. Let's uh, discuss some of the other results of the weekend. Um, Chelsea moving back to being the well-oiled machine that, that we've seen before, perhaps, and or, or certainly uh, Hazard being the one to drive it. Did you watch that game? Lloyd? I yeah,
2: I saw bits of it. The thing that was interesting was the fact that he'd been arrested midweek, and I think the players, you know, facing Hazard, you know, on 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 Saturday would hope that he wouldn't. Yeah, he'd, he'd have, uh, you know be a bit exhausted Beastie, from yes. the yeah from, from the from the week, but it's obviously a, a nice bit of a tactical play from the uh, but Willian. Not, but this is the thing, Willian, I think william's one of the best
1: players. Like I, I know that consistently, he's maybe struggled for Chelsea fans, but I think he's phenomenal and he's proved it in the Champions League. I know yeah, it's been his weaker opposition,
2: but not every game. Do you yeah. mean there are games where he does? He is a bit. I think he's a bit silent from yeah. for games I've seen him, um, but there are games where he'll. Turn it around You know He's got he's got a certain He's got a certain Something about him um, And also as well He's got an absolute boot on him So if you've got a free kick It's between him and uh, uh, Davy Lewis And uh, Alonso as well he likes Oh yeah book. yeah
1: Doesn't he How's How are Chelsea working with the, the Bookies at the moment In terms of How they're looking You know In, in terms of retention or, or kind of even Competing for the title
3: Well the thing is That, that City did go heavily odds on the last two seasons if you remember rightly much earlier than this and, and I think conclusions were drawn much earlier than this but they did go odds on the last two seasons obviously Leicester won it two seasons ago and then Chelsea came back and won it yep um, that faith in Chelsea is, is, is all but gone I think uh, enough performances I think particularly the one at City where I think people feel that it's just not going to be their year but last last season if you'd have taken the chance obviously after they lost 3-1 at Arsenal or well, 3-0 at Arsenal wasn't it yep. um, before he changed it to 3 at the back back in I think September of the, of the previous season I think they went out something like 50-1 to to win the league and then obviously just went on this incredible run and won it. So I think sometimes you can, it can pay to take chances on teams that have maybe drifted for certain reasons, but, only when the league is condensed towards the top. And it's not now. There's, there's, there's a team with such a massive advantage. I just don't see how they lose it. Well, I'd like,
1: like to come back to the Champions. I'd harp back to this quite a lot, but the fact that this recurring theme of teams that haven't been competing in the Champions League winning the league, or certainly teams that, you know, having that capacity to play their strongest 11 week in, week out in the league. And that's something this year that isn't really going to happen because the, t- the top six has almost returned to... A form, or certainly, well, my, you know, to use one of your expressions, on regress to the mean. On on yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah.
2: it's a six that we would expect to yeah, be there. Yeah, Maybe not in the traditional you know, order. Man United were weren't at the races for a, for a few years, and if you look last year, they weren't in Champions League, but they had that, you know, the, the amazing Europa uh, Cup run. So they were almost yeah. doing the same, doing the same thing, and you, now you look at it, and it has gone back to this, the same teams. You have to look at Tottenham as well and go, like, well, what's happened to them the last few weeks? So you can just see how that's, the, been,
1: that's been pronounced. And do you get the feeling about? Well, I get the feeling not just about that; that it's almost like a transition year. Does it almost well, feel like they have almost but, but accepted that? It, but why should it? No, I'm I, not saying it should be. Yeah, I'm yeah just but that, that's the that's, thing.
2: That I, almost seems to be a fallback. I think it's uh, you know, if I was a, a Tottenham Hotspur fan, I'd, I'd be pretty um, peeved that we weren't capitalising on what happened last year. I don't think they bought that well in the summer. Um, you've still really only got one decent striker when you look at um, Tottenham. You, you know Their goals are coming from uh, from Son. Jansen, yeah. obviously, is where he is at the moment. And, uh, you know, Eriksen will provide, Deli will provide, but the, I don't think they bought well no. in, in the summer at I'd, all.
3: I'd, I'd absolutely love this theory to be true, but... Um, a Tottenham supporting friend of mine that's not particularly prone to outbursts or wild uh, conspiracy theory. I went to the game where they played West Ham in the League Cup and they were 2-0 up at half-time. It's probably the worst half West Ham have played this season. And there's some competition Mm. for that, obviously. (laughs) Um, And then uh, West Ham came back after half-time. They won 3-2. And Tottenham's bad run has coincided with that. But also, that particular week, Pochettino had a book uh yeah. out, where he made a number of really strange suggestions. And there is a theory that actually the players are very upset with what was released from that book is that and right? the way it was released from that book. And again you're fitting the story to the theory here rather than sort of uh, giving him benefit of the doubt. But I don't think it's that far-fetched that they have because... A lot of, A lot of their performances have been well under par. It's funny.
1: I went to uh, the screening of uh, the, uh, BT Sport of the Lane, so they've done this documentary about Pitch International, and it was brilliant. It was really nice. There were some lovely stories.
3: Seventy-one, about... two thousand and four, all over it. Oh, do you know what? The, I, I, the weirdest, <laughs> the thing, Arsenal bits in it. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, uh, I mean, the, the most interesting bits for me were the fact that I, you know, there's lots of Tottenham City that I'm just very not aware of, and not that I should be, but you know, the UEFA Cup and and various other things, but. Pochettino was there and so was Larice and there was a kind of it, it was coming at the wrong time you know when you have these things during the yeah, season yeah, yeah, yeah. I always think who really releases a book during the season <laughs> I, or who would open themselves to that sort of criticism or who would then you know and the club have done this and it's a wonderful thing and obviously it's the right time for everything else and it featured heavily you know Glenn Hoddle and um, you know uh, there was there was there was loads. Of, there was loads of you know very prominent players from their history that were that were attending. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, there's this kind of a whiff of nostalgia that just
2: makes you stop and you know take your mind off the pitch for a second, which I don't think they can afford to do. I, th- I think at the moment, Tottenham, as you say, are in a position where it's a long game. They're not playing the short game. I think they want to play the long game, and it has been the case I think since Pochettino came in. But why would you after to one? Decent season, then release a book about how you nearly won the title. Mm. You know? I mean, it, 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 it is a long game. Wait, wait, four or five years, five or six years, until you've won two or three titles, got a bit of silver in there, mm. and release a better book as opposed yeah, yeah. to you just one straight away. And it kind of—I I didn't know about it until last week. We were yeah, getting it, questions it, but that's, together
1: it for it are under the radar because it's not exactly going to get the, the coverage. But it seems to be the modern thing, well, doesn't it? It kind mm-hmm. of you know, pump out a story, the variety yeah, story. Who wants you to know? read
3: that? Because if you're a yeah, top fan, yeah, you don't. Because he's it always. was a season you came well, second and in, in you know uh, after putting the pressure on us they say and then the year before they've come they've come <laughs> they've come third in the two horse race
1: so well I will be careful what I say because I did the lane was very good so I would recommend that everyone watch <laughs> it because it is a very nice it is a well made uh, documentary and it's brilliant but I what, do agree what, with I, both where, your where points. Can on it? That. Where can you watch you it? You watch that on BT Sport. Ah, uh, uh, I, 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 I watch so that. that. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> hang on a minute. You're on the payroll somewhere now. <laughs> anyway, we'll just uh, yeah. Anyway, let's cut to some of the other results because there were some really interesting ones. I'd like to touch on Liverpool because uh, Klopp has get has got absolutely um, slapped silly around this podcast uh, the first six months of the year certainly because we've just been uh, criticising, and waiting for him to kind of come to fruition or do something. And the front three performance that I saw from Coutinho, Firmino, and Salah. Is kind of up what you are expecting from.
2: It's so you know. annoying though because I can't buy Salah on fancy football anymore because he's just he's been so good. He's just he's more expensive than, than Delielli. Yeah. You know I mean, I tried to sell proper fancy
1: football, mate. None of this, you know, Premier League one. Get
2: get get involved in a proper one. Okay, yeah, well, I'm older, um, but for the time <laughs> being, I'm I'm, I'm
1: uh. Okay, moving on. Um, okay. No, but their the front three, the goals that they created that that involved all three players, were... I know that perhaps I watched it a little bit more closely than you guys because there was other games that you were at this weekend. But that, um, to me, was very impressive. It's a Brighton team that don't tend to roll over for anyone. Well,
3: tying it into the first half of this podcast, the guy that invented the expected goals model and the professional punter that first um, experienced all these gains from using that model is actually the Brighton owner, Uh, Tony Bloom. Oh, yeah. So... He is a professional punter that first got the angle together to actually look at the chances that teams were creating. And what it helped him do is see if a team had been unlucky one week, Mm -hmm. so therefore back them the next week. Because actually they created 20 20 chances last week. They've lost 1-0 to the side at the bottom of the table. The bookmakers would have been lazy and just gone, they lost 1-0 to the bottom of the table last week. Let's drift them out from, say, 10 to 11 to evens he would know that actually from analysing all that shot data, they'd, have been, they'd been unlucky. Anyway, Brighton and, and their recruitment is built on a little theory like that, so chance creation and stopping chance at the other end. Mm. But one of the big things is obviously that Liverpool are probably one of the teams that usually come out really high on that expected yeah, goals yeah, and creating yeah. chances. So he'd have been sitting there thinking, all my theories oh, are coming right in front of me, but um,
1: not how I want them. But
3: not how I want them to. Yeah, because everything's been improved right in front of me yeah. now. That if you create good chances and and you stick to your game plan, you'll uh, eventually tonk someone five one, and, it'll and be- it happened being his team. But um, <laughs> but they, were
1: they, I think. This is one of the most interesting things at the top six. The fact that you know the fact that you see Tottenham dropping off when you don't expect them to, you see Liverpool coming through and being a real threat to teams.
2: You know, it's and and with his form, Klopp's form against you know the top six. It's it's, an, it's certainly an interesting. Be, I up. think I think this weekend will be interesting as well because you you, got, you know you got Man, Manchester United, Man City uh, playing each other, yep. and then you got Liverpool, Everton playing each other. Yeah. And uh, you know, Big Sam will be wanting to prove himself, especially well, after. I'm glad you said that. Well, it's almost like I've done the link on purpose. Thanks, Lloyd. You know, no I'm a professional. <laughs> You're questioning my professionalism as a as a host.
1: No, that was not, not quite up to your That's teamwork, innit? That's teamwork. Thanks, thanks, buddy.
2: But yeah, no, Big Sam. <laughs> I, th- I think uh, you great know, great for us. Of uh, when you've got. Uh, teams that are wallowing in the, in the bottom five and you need someone to help them you know you go to Big Sam he's like the you know the, the Ghostbuster isn't he he's the Ghostbuster of the Premier League he'll get rid of your your ghoulies on, on yeah. the pitch and he'll sort you out it like seems obviously we're only one game in but he seems sort to of, you know to to. Been doing a, a decent. He certainly drop. got a reaction out of the players. The players seem to be playing with a bit more confidence. He seems to be like when we
1: were watching them before, and we expecting Gilfie Sigurdsson to win them the game on his own. Mm. and now it's like that guy just seems to have been put in kind of you know solitary confinement to just kind of just chill out a bit, mate. Just pop yeah. him out in the wing, yeah. just you know sensory deprivation. Just <laughs> just come back to us because <laughs> he seemed like a man that was just. I think they were saying he was the manifestation. His face was the kind of this is this sums up everything. This is, the, yeah. this is yeah. the guy that kind of embodies every failure that we've we've had this season which yeah was, it's, it's a little bit unfair
3: well and some you know some pundits saying that they were going to finish above Liverpool this season it was all going to fall into bit place <laughs> okay and it's almost as if they believed their own hype and yeah. and you know didn't even
2: I'll put my ha- I'll put my hand up though and I you know by uh, <laughs> <I just laughs> so. yeah. co- uh I asked question he just did I his I asked to Tony Bellew last week and got Shot down pretty quickly. Um, I was like, He's not partisan, though, I would imagine. <laughs> <laughs> Tony no, no, no. I said, not I said even with the players that you brought in, did you think you'd be in this position? He was like, yeah, because if you're taking someone that will score 20 to 30 goals in a season, you've got to replace them with someone like that. Mm. Wayne Rooney might have done that seven to 10, yeah. maybe 12 years ago. Yeah. He's not going to do that now. But when you do buy someone that was touted as, you know, the... England's future number one mm. and a whole plethora of people including one of England's greatest goal scorers yep. and some decent names in between as well you kind of think wow I mean I fancy Everton as well Yeah, and it's not manifested itself on the pitch for, for, for whatever reason it hasn't glued and you know they might be missing a, a striker people like Calvert Lewin have started to come come of age in the last few, last few games I think that, that Liverpool Everton game will be I mean, really interesting
3: Sam Allardyce for, for you know all his bad press. He is a genius because he got one good season out of Carl Jenkinson. And I don't even know how that's possible.
1: <laughs> well, that's, um, there's some sour milk being stopped <laughs> over there. Well, listen, guys, um, uh, that we could, there's plenty of other things we could talk about, and then interesting things happening in, in, in the, the league this year. I mean, uh, out of the teams, say Leicester, Stoke. Southampton have any of those kind of impressed because some of those results have been really interesting this weekend
3: yeah Leicester people keep saying that that their only bad performances have come in the games where they've played the the top six or what you'd expect to be the top six and they're probably going to come seventh this season Wow! Um, but they've drawn far too many away games Mm. and I think that they slowly need to kick into form and I think I mean Vardy um I think he's got seven or eight goals now, but I think he's missed more chances this season. He's getting more chances because they're playing a slightly different way. Well, he's wasting
1: the jungle. (laughs) He's going to be getting plenty more chances. (laughs) 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 But uh, I think think when he starts
3: firing and and apparently they've got um, a much easier second half fixture list. So they might actually... uh, Managed to take seventh. Um, Southampton, I think drawing at Bournemouth. I mean, they 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 were celebrating it, but I don't think Bournemouth are great this season. From no, what I've seen of them. To be a bit... Southampton, you do expect them to be that seventh or eighth team, and they've they've not really shown it yet.
1: Stoke, Shakiri you've got to be a fan of Shaqiri, the man with uh, the the snooker table legs. They're insane, aren't they? Like I've got huge thighs, and I look at him, I'm like, mate, he has got <laughs> big old calves. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, Les, I I don't want to. You know, uh, we, we won't dwell on any more of those because I think I think we we've, we've
2: kind of chewed
1: enough of the fat of, of this. But all, but those, what all, you-
2: all those teams though that you've just mentioned, I think can be summarised with like the the noise.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: you know I mean, like they're, they're <laughs> not going <laughs> to float anyone's unless you are. F- well, let's, well, let's, that well, was, yeah, I think we'll get some more juice
1: out of them in the new year. But um, one of
3: them won the league two seasons ago. This is yeah, you know, modern, you know,
1: modern faith, football. Faith, yeah, but what are you, no, uh, what are you guys working out. on at the minute? Um, Lloyd, have you got yeah, there's Some interesting things afoot with you. And oh yeah, well, um, when will this podcast go out? This will go out tomorrow.
2: T- tonight, tonight. Yeah. Ooh, mate. well done um, we on Tuesday night so uh, yeah, uh, Soccer AM we're doing Soccer PM uh, this Saturday so right if anyone right. wants to watch that uh, stay on us. Saturday night are you night allowed and to and tell us who's on that yet uh, I, I'm not Probably sure not. I can very exciting yes, guests, there's, there's, so. there's, yeah some great guests obviously we're Paying uh, a lot of attention to the games that are on Sunday, which are Liverpool, Everton, yeah. Man United, Man City. So there's uh, fans of those games. One uh, m- person who's a uh, boxer who doesn't do entertainment shows, who. Um, uh, y- 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 and then. Um, <laughs> I can ask you around that. Yeah, let's, um, let's, let's, let's just wait. You can link it up on the. They'll be furious platform. if you do say oh, it. There, there we is the go. There is. Uh, so there's that. And then, uh, as you mentioned before, I'm um, doing, I'm, I'm on tour. Yes. And where can, 2018 where can, where can we find out about that Lloyd well, you can find out on LloydGriffith.com the dates Lloyd that, uh, Griffith.com. LloydGriffith.com Lloydgriffith. dot com there's no um, S at
3: the end there's thanks no S at S the end Allen. uh,
2: three, three dates in London so theatre and then Swindon Hull Birmingham uh, and maybe at one Lovely. of the two others Alan uh, uh,
1: yourself at the minute you've just come from an awards ceremony this afternoon so thanks yeah, very much have. for yes, keeping you uh, things yeah, in you, look, tie, yeah you, you look know? magnificent we're going to get a picture anyways just because you look so good rather than just because you want a picture. <laughs> um, that was good did? fun.
3: Yeah, yeah. Frankie Dettori won flat jockey of the year. That was a did blast it. from the past because oh. he won it in the 90s about six, seven times. had yeah. a real quiet time and then come back and won flat jockey of the year. So really yeah. good for him. And um, one of our ambassadors won jump jockey of the year, Richard Johnson. So that was good afternoon. Uh, I am at West Ham on Saturday to watch them play against Chelsea. Hosting there. And then off on Sunday to York to present the second biggest snooker tournament of the year trophy the Betway UK Championship if Absolutely. you're tuning in on BBC 2 BBC 2 it's next Sunday about 11 o'clock awesome. I'll be there bleary eyed handing it over to well all the favourites are out so I don't think anyone wants to meet me but oh, well, <laughs>
1: yeah, we'll, might be Ronnie O'Sullivan we'll tune into that um, uh, that was the whistleblowers Martin, like, what are you up to? Do you know what what I'm up to? I'm going to be looking on the Whistleblowers' new app that is available. Um, It is actually really good. So uh, (laughs) slick app that gives us all the latest football news, but it's got all our apps and um, all our podcasts in one place. So go and check that out. Uh, Other than that, um, I'll be uh, just enjoying the festivities in silly season, Lloyd, because uh, because that's where we are.
2: Are we going
0: to go out in the next few weeks?
1: Yeah, let's. We'll come back to that. (laughs) All right, thanks, guys. That was the Whistleblowers, and that was
0: us. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. The Whistleblowers is back for the season by Labbrooks. If you're a large organisation involved in managing, purchasing or making decisions on software licences, you need Livingston. Livingston provides the technology and a large team of experts to help you understand what software is installed on your network, who is using it, and whether you purchase the right number of software licences to legally use it. This information can help you make smart business decisions when it comes to renegotiating software licensing agreements with large software publishers like microsoft oracle ibm and others and when budgeting for software spend to reduce the cost and risk of managing your software licenses speak to livingston today about our managed services over 50 multinationals across the world trust livingston to manage their software licenses visit livingston-tech.com for more information what's your thoughts on fulham Chances are you don't think about them too much, but nice away day by the river. Used to have a Michael Jackson statue and once did quite well under Roy Hodgson.